Welcome to Seeking Scripture Deep Diving Bible Study. I'm Christy Jordan, and I want to help you develop a firsthand relationship with the whole Word of God. For links and graphics mentioned in my podcast, please visit the corresponding post on SeekingScripture.com. May Yahweh bless the reading of His Word. Good morning, siblings. Today's readings are Leviticus chapters 5 through 7. What a joy to start my day in the Word with you, and what a privilege to be able to sit at the Father's feet together. Just a little note about these Bible studies and how when they were written. I spent all of two years working on Bible notes each night before posting in the morning. I just wanted to let you know that there are many times in which life pulled me away, and my notes might be more abbreviated than at other times. I put hours into these every day. It would be some days five, six hours. Um, From time to time, my friends have pitched in with the notes, and so some days you'll get to hear from them. Special thanks to Amy Castor for helping me out with some great additional info that I'm adding to today's notes. Let's dive in with my ramblings first. Rabbit trails. We are learning an awful lot, and it's quite a bit to take in. By now, we've become more accustomed to setting aside time each day to study the Word. I hope you're seeing the blessings in that. Today, I want to up the stakes a bit. I want to encourage you to take time throughout your day to think over all that we've learned. Digest it a bit. Turn it over in your mind. And talk it out with the Father. It's important that we internalize this knowledge that has been given to us and process it through our system so that we can glean from it all the Father wants to give us at this time. Now, I say at this time because His wisdom tends to be revealed to us slowly, in layers. He lovingly guides and tutors us as we continue to mature. Just as you wouldn't teach a kindergartner algebra, the Father lays down foundational knowledge within us and then builds upon it as we continue in His Word. We are all His children, and He is raising us up in His image. Now, I need to take a moment to define my personal view of intentional sin. I also need to clarify right now that this is my personal view, based on what I've read in the Bible, but does not carry any weight beyond being the opinion of a human, freely discarded in light of Yahweh's wisdom. When we read a commandment, when we clearly see the Father tells us to do something or not to do something, and we make a willful decision to go against that, to do it anyway, with the thought that He either won't notice, won't care, or will forgive us regardless, that is intentional sin. It is also known as high-handed sin. Now, there are times in which we may sin intentionally on impulse. Envy, greed, anger, all of those emotions that grow opposite of the fruits of the Spirit come to the forefront, and we follow them. Afterwards, we realize what we've done, are consumed with guilt, and repent with our wholehearted asking of forgiveness. We were not openly thinking about sin against the Father. It was not a decision to sin against the Father, and yet we realize after the fact that we have done just that. Now, there's a difference between this and high-handed sin. However, once we realize what we've done, if there's no remorse or repentance, and we clearly see and become aware that we are going directly against the Father and decide to keep on going, well, that sin has just gone up another level. Brother, 
I know a lot of people have been uncomfortable with talking, reading, or even thinking about the concept of sin. Just the word sin feels off-putting in our day and age of a believer. I'd like to point out, with sincere love and compassion, that we are discussing this because we're reading about it in God's Word, not because Christy Jordan wants to talk about sin or point it out in others. On the contrary, I use Yahweh's Word to find sin within myself so that I may deal with it, bring it before Him, and remove one more stone that has built a wall between myself and Him. We've been taught that to look for sin in our lives is legalism. But when we read Yahweh's word, we find that what the world calls legalism, the Father calls obediencism. However, the world tries to tell us that anyone who seeks to live in obedience to the Creator is doing so because they're trying to earn their salvation. This is just one of the adversary's most successful, more successful teachings. What the world has taught us is, by design, in direct contrast to what the Father teaches us. We are saved by grace alone, through faith in our Messiah. In God's world, we don't obey so that He will save us, but because He has saved us. Obedience is not the root of our salvation, but the fruit of it. Now, it takes some time to untangle ourselves from the web we've been tangled up in, and the Father knows that. Coming from the world and into the Word is like coming out of a confusing fog at times. But as we continue in our walk, the air will clear. One of the number one things that we've been taught in this world is that the world offers freedom and obedience to Yahweh is bondage. The Father shows us that the opposite is true. You know those commandments we wrote wrote out about a week ago, the Big Ten? Following those will change everything. I want to encourage you to go back to where you wrote them and read them over again. Really focus. Dig deeper into each one. Pick every morsel of wisdom you can off those bones and then put the bones in a pot and start stewing on them to get even more richness. There are layers to each commandment and we've only scratched the surface. The goal is that we do the best we can with what we know and once we know better, we do better. Now, we'll see a lot of language in today's readings about people becoming aware of their sin, sin being made known to the sinner and people realizing their sin. There's a lot of wisdom to glean from those verses, but I want to offer the beginnings of that wisdom. Today, we will see that being unaware of sin does not make it go away. Ignorance does not mean we haven't sinned. Just because we don't know the speed limit does not excuse us from a speeding ticket. However, Yahweh in His grace does offer us a means to pay the fine so that we are not bound by the guilt. One point to consider, though. Once we've been given a ticket and that ticket is paid, does that give us freedom to speed for the rest of our lives? Or, now that the ticket has been paid and we've been forgiven for our ignorance or even our our intentional speeding, should we instead move forward far more aware of the laws and careful not to speed in the future? And now we move on to sweet Amy's notes. So now we get into Leviticus 5-7, through which all discusses the Asham offering, translated as guilt offering. This was for ignorant sin. There are four different types of categories of this offering. 
Leviticus 5, 1-13 says, For someone who does not speak up when they are witness in a matter, touches any unclean thing, or speaks rashly. The sacrifice was a female goat or lamb, or two turtle doves, or two pigeons, or a tenth of an epaph of flour. In Leviticus 5, verses 15 through 19, for someone who sins against the set-apart matters of Yahweh, such as regulations of the temple surface, um, the sacrifice was a ram or sheep and valuation in silver plus a fifth. For a leper, after he or she has been healed, the sacrifice was one male lamb. For a Nazarite vow, we'll be studying this in my notes later, y'all, the sacrifice was one male lamb. Reference is number 612. Now, there are only two occasions when a male lamb is sacrificed as the Asham offering for sin, when a leper is healed and when a Nazarite vow is taken. This becomes all the more poignant when we discover that Yahweh specifically told the prophet Isaiah that Messiah would offer himself up as the Asham offering. Isaiah 53.10 says he made himself an Asham offering. John 1.29 and John 1.36, we read, See the Lamb of Elohim who takes away the sin of the world. And in 1 Peter 3.8, Messiah once suffered for our sins. So, the Asham offering is the only sacrifice for sin that requires a male lamb. The only one. Leviticus 7 verses 11 through 34 talks about offerings of peace and thanksgiving. I would liken it to charitable donations above and beyond tithing in our world today. I used to think all the ancient sacrifices in Judaism were for sins, but here we see it so much more. P.S. The Hebrew word for peace offering is shalim, part of the name of Jerusalem or Jerusalem in Hebrew. It's the same characters that form the word word shalom, just different vowel points. Leviticus 7 verses 23 through 25. I had a thought about this a while ago, about not eating the fat. I wanted to know what the father meant by it. And I thought fat represented something plush and extra, comfort. Father asks for that part in most sacrifices. I think it's similar to how he wants us to circumcise our hearts. He wants us to cut off the extra, the unnecessary, the things that add luxury and comfort to our lives to a certain extent. Are we willing to let go of those things for him? End Amy's notes. (laughs) Thank you, Amy. Back to me now. Challenge time, y'all. I love group challenges. Thank you for diving into the Word with us today, and I have another challenge for you. As we've been reading, and as we will continue to read in Exodus and on into every other book coming up we're going to see, time and again, that details matter to Yahweh. I've talked about this in my notes at least a few times so far, and the other day, Elisa DeSalvo showed me that she had written it on a post-it note and stuck it in her planner as a reminder. What a wonderful reminder that is! I followed suit and did the same. So today's challenge is for you to take a post-it note, index card, or piece of paper and write on it, Details Matter to Yahweh. Then share a photo of it in the discussion thread on Facebook for the day if you're in the group. Test everything. Hold tight to what is good. 1 Thessalonians 5.21 May Yahweh bless the reading of His Word.
If you would like, you can watch my latest chat video linked to at the bottom of this post, How Our Western Mindset Keeps Us from Understanding the Bible and Living in Covenant with Yahweh. Remember, y'all, the Bible begins in Genesis, and so does this study. If you're new here, please click here to begin in Genesis. Follow the Father's example and begin in the beginning. I love y'all. Bye-bye.